Good morning. I'm Caroline, and this is your weekly Sahaja Yoga meditation program. Learn more about yourself and how to meditate. See how meditation can fit in your day and how it can transform your life. Join us in our guided meditations and see for yourself how good it makes you feel. So for now, just sit down and relax for an hour of peace and spirituality. The topic of our program today is music and how the sound, the resonance, the vibrations of music can have a clearing effect on our subtle body and help us meditate and find balance and peace. I've invited a few very special guests today and the, these people have been making music and meditation a priority in their life. So good morning everyone. We've got Ritam, Lina, and Asmira. And um, I'm going to start with, um, with Ritam. Ritam is coming from India. Yes. I came from India, Kolkata. I can't hear you, Ritam. Sorry, I have to. Yeah, can I you? I came from India, Kolkata. Okay, sorry, little technical issue. Yeah. Let's do it again. You come from India? India. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, now I can hear you. Very good. Thank you f so much for coming to our beautiful Blue Mountains. My pleasure. And I know it's very cold for you. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but I'm enjoying the weather. And Ritam is a professional classical Hindustani slide guitarist. Yeah. And um, I know your fingers are really frozen right now, so <laughs> I, hope, I hope you're going to be okay. Yeah. And Ritam, how, um, wh what is a slide guitar? What is Hindustani slide guitar? Yeah, if you see my guitar, it's a 22-string guitar. It's a modification of the Hawaiian guitar, which is basically six-string. And I've been modified my instrument to play all the nuances of the Indian classical music. So what I've uh, kept is that for the melody string, I've kept four string. And then there are three droning string at the back, 
two chikari string is there in the front to play the first tempo jhala and there are 13 sympathetic string that is running just below the main string so that when you are hitting each and every note you can get all the resonating effect which is as per the indian classical music the resonance is the main thing so there so in total if you see the 4 plus 3 Uh, and two and thirteen, so that makes the twenty-two string Indian slide guitar. It's been specially designed for playing Indian classical music. Okay, and why is that called slide guitar? Because we are uh, playing with a bar, so and you generally play with a slide, with a glide. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's called a slide guitar. And and the guitar is on your lap, right? Is, yeah, guitar yeah. is on my lap. Yeah. And how long have you been playing? I've been playing for the last thirty-two years. Thirty-two years, and and Ritam is very young, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm But sure he's, when he's born. <laughs> No, He's no. been playing from birth, I think. And I'm playing since uh, at the age of nine. I've started. Oh, okay. So I'm forty-one now. <laughs> and where is your training coming from? Because you're, you're a great professional. We saw you yesterday yes, at yes. A, at a concert. You've been playing in Melbourne as well. Yes. That's why we're so lucky to have you today. My pleasure. And yeah. and you've been uh, doing performances in India and yes. in, in many countries. Yeah. So, um, how, like, how did you get your training? I get my initial training from Pandit Devashish Bhattacharya. I have learned under him for ten long years. At the age of nine, I have started. So, along with my studies, I continue my training. And then later, I have been for the advanced studies. I have been to my guru, uh, Pandit Shamul Chatterjee, who is a sitarist of the Seniya Gharana. You know, uh, we are uh, means our last descendant of Ustad Muhammad Ravir Khan Sir, uh, and uh, also Pandit Ravi Shankarji. So, I am from the same Gharana. And I have been learning under him for the last twenty years. So you can learn sa- slide guitar from a sitarist. Yeah, okay. I'm right now learning. Uh, still, I'm going to my guru's place, means once in a month. And I'm because you know that Indian classical music is a learning process throughout your life. It's not that just you go for any crash course or you go for one or two <laughs> years. It it requires a long time. Mm-hmm. So initially, I learned from the uh, specialist guitar player that is Pandit Devashish Bhattacharya ji. So I've learned under him for ten long years to know all the nuances, miss all the technical aspect of the slide guitar. And now, if you if you listen to my music, you'll find that many technical aspect of the sitar is and the sarod also there included in my playing. So I love to listen to all the instrument and try to invite the technical thing into my instrument. Okay, wonderful. Yeah. So we were speaking about the sarod and the sitar, which are also string instruments. Just right. for the listeners that don't know about it. Yeah. And I know, um, you, Ritam, you're also a meditator, isn't it? Yes. And how long have you been meditating for? I've been into the Sahaj Yoga for from 2001. Okay, so, oh, a bit like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know that uh, if you play Indian classical music, is always you have to meditate because without meditation, even if uh, for a second also your mind get drops, then you'll be out of track. And especially the Indian classical raga are so complex that just for a one note change, you enter into the other zone. So you have to be very much conscious and very much serious while playing also. So meditation is must mandatory. <laughs> So why does meditation help you in your music? Like uh, I'm just trying to make our listener understand what's happening when you meditate. That happen that helps your music. Yeah, definitely. Because meditation always help you to concentrate and to keep your mind at one focus level. And it's the same thing it happens that whenever you play the Indian classical raga music that you your mind should not shift from there. Then you will go into the other zone. So that's what I'm telling. So meditation is compulsory. Yeah, it's mm. necessary. Because you know the initial portion of Indian classical music, we start with an alap, which especially we are playing the gaiki anga, 
uh, and uh, mainly the phrases that are used in the raga where no tabla player is there and there the meditation is lost because it's a slow tempo starting and then it gradually increases the speed as our um, means program goes on or the uh, means things are happening mm. and i suppose this is also true in the other way like music also help meditation isn't yes. it yes yes definitely because if you whenever meditate uh, then if if some music is going on it definitely helps you your mind to stay at one place which is very much required so that no other thinking came in your mind and that really helps absolutely it's all about attention yes so your attention is above your head where yes. When your Kundalini rises, um, right. we haven't talked about the Kundalini yet, but the Kundalini is an energy we have in our sacrum bone. We all have it, right. and uh, it's indestructible. It's yeah. completely pure, yeah. and the purpose of this meditation is to rise this Kundalini. Right. And when the Kundalini comes up you, to the top of your head, yeah. then you are you are there. You are in the present moment. Yes, yes. in reality. And Ritam, how did you get your self-realization? So when the Kundalini awakens, that's what we call you got your yes, self-realization. Yes. So how did you get that? Can you describe that moment? I get my self-realization. Actually, my mother took me to the Sahaj Yoga first. And I get it on 2001. So I have been to one of the centers and there I get the self-realization. Okay, with your, your yeah. mom and dad. Yes. So the whole family is meditating. Yeah, my whole family is in Sahaj And what did you feel when you got your self-realization? Yeah, I feel very good actually. Very energetic and very means to the point, you know. I can focus on my music. I can focus on my any work I'm doing. And uh, I'm not gradually being affected by any other what I see means in the quarrel or to some arguments. Means I, I, I remain focused actually to my work. Mm -hmm. That helps actually. Yeah, you, you look very focused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have in the studio Asmira. We... We had the pleasure to have Asmira a few weeks back when we did a, a program on the 100 years of Shimadaji. Shimadaji right. being the, the master of this meditation. Mm. So Asmira, you're a violinist, a yeah. professional violinist. Yes. Uh, you've played in New York for many, many years. And now yeah. we are very lucky to have her back in Australia. She's uh, li living in the Megalong Valley. So Asmira, I always wondered, I've known you for years, mm. but why did you choose the violin? Gosh, I don't know if the violin chose me or I chose the violin. I was very young. And also my mum guided me towards that instrument. Um, she took me to watch other children learning different instruments. And she herself is a flute player. And um, I, she said that I responded the most after the violin lessons and came away singing the tunes and seemed very enthusiastic. So, so uh, she got me a violin somehow and started just from the age of five and you always yeah. loved the violin always loved it i can't imagine it's like my fifth limb <laughs> can't imagine not not having it because i see my children like my my daughter she started with flute and then she wanted to do a piano and then she did guitar so you know like there's sometimes there's a bit of hesitation from an instrument yeah. to another one sometimes you just know you love music but it's yeah. hard to find your instrument but yes, for you true. it was absolutely clear from true, from yeah. the beginning it's true yeah. and and where's your um, uh, training come from My training started in Sydney um, with the, my lovely first teacher, Jan Cooper. And um, then I went to um, Harry Kirby, who was at the Sydney Conservatorium of Music when I was 11. And um, he was the first violinist of the Sydney String Quartet for many years. So he, ha he had this lovely 
sort of foot in both worlds of solo repertoire and chamber music repertoire. And to me, chamber music repertoire in the in the Western classical tradition is very much like democracy in action. You have music equally shared among the players, one player per part, unlike an orchestra where you have multiple. So he really understood, um, you know, how to, like you were saying, Ritam, how to incorporate different instruments into your playing. That's certainly something that um, my teacher tried to teach me to, you know, imagine how a singer would breathe and sing and how your bow is the breath of the violin and your, your breath has to be married to the bow so it's completely natural and the sound that comes out is an extension of your breath um and you know and how would a wind player play or how you know different um instruments can be incorporated into the the type of sound that's made and the the thinking of how you know a a different instrument would technically play so um, so that, that was uh, Mr. Kirby in the Sydney Conservatorium. Then I um, went overseas and studied with Miriam Freed, who um, was uh, – she's a great violin teacher and very well-known player, and she now teaches at um, New England Conservatory. And then I went to um, uh, Professor Robert Mann, who's no longer with us, but he was at the Juilliard School, so that's how I ended up doing my master's degree in New York and then after then I started freelancing and lived there and had all three children got married there (laughs) met an Aussie and we had our family there but moved back to Australia six years ago so sort of very isolated from our previous lives but um, we still you know I still make some music (laughs) so yeah I I forgot to mention that um our three great musicians today will be performing live music during this mm-hmm. program, so make sure you stay on the program. Um, I thought you you also studied in Valtaina, in the in the music I academy did. in India, I the did. music academy <laughs> that Shumataji started. But not in Valtaina, in Nagpur before it was in Valtaina. Okay. So uh, with um, uh, Dakre Guruji, who's recently passed on, sadly, and he, I really only had a tiny scratch of the surface it's a lifelong tradition so and uh i had a a little look into what hindustani classical music is which is a whole other world and it really opened my eyes to um so much i mean it's a deep spirituality of it and you know um it and just oh the different technical way it was tuned and held was you know certainly challenging but you know learning just the approach to music and the, the deep respect for the guru shishya relationship which is teacher student relationship which we kind of maybe we used to have but we don't really have it in the same way as the more eastern traditions mm-hmm. and that was certainly um a beautiful thing to learn about and mm-hmm. you know something that's still in my heart i th- you know just getting a bit teary remembering my teacher because he was um yeah just so wonderful yeah I, I, can't, I can't imagine something more beautiful than mastering for years your your art and then pass it on to somebody else it's so beautiful to take the time mm. and patience to give it to a child or to to an adult but from beginning and, and just to pass this amazing art 
And um, it's it's very beautiful to uh, watch everybody's cheering <laughs> in the <Certainly>. studio. <laughs> um, and Asmira, you've been uh, meditating as long as you've been playing violin, right? Yes, <laughs> uh, almost. Mm. I started um, violin at five and then um, met Shumataji when she came to Australia in 1981, oh, revealing my age when <laughs> I was seven. <laughs> so, um, And that was her first time to visit Australia. And um, so very, very young. So, And basically every time after that uh, that she visited, I got to play for her and she sort of, was very much mentoring and encouraging me to to do it and continue and it was always a great honor to play for her and meditation certainly you know as Ritom said is I, I, mandatory <laughs> in my mind to be any sort of musician or artist or creative you know to understand where the the right path is to to follow the sort of most um kind of the essence of who you are to express that through your art um, without going into sort of ego or bad habits or something you know meditation is just really essential I think I imagine it also helps you to trust yourself isn't it to yes to be self-confident without ego like you mentioned yes that you have this certainty that you can you can get mm -hmm. there and um I can see meditation help you in your music, but how does it impact your life in general? I think it just helps you have the perspective that is much more balanced, you know, and to sort of take that step back when things go a bit pear-shaped. <laughs> to be able as, to, as they do. <laughs> as they do. They always do. And, um, you know, to just find, the, again, find that balance that line of the balance, I guess you could say, is our chi, our kundalini. And so, you know, life and all the dramas in it and all the dramas in the world going on and with people around us, family and friends, there's always something going on that try and pull us off our balance. You know, someone's a bit aggro <laughs> or someone's, you know, a bit depressed or something, you know, something's going on and... Um, you know it's it's good to be well not that person but we all you know we sometimes find ourselves in that spot and how to find that balance again and get back on the right track mm -hmm. I think is um, it becomes in instinctual after a while with meditation um, and you can really help help other people as well as yourself mm. not it's not just you you in your own bubble and you feel that you're connected with other people and when you remember that and see that perspective you know all the little stuff doesn't matter so much absolutely and not to reflect people's issues neither mm. so they, they they feel good actually because they don't they don't see the mirror a mirror in front of them they just mm. they just um It's not really absorbing the negativity, but it's mm. not reflecting it. So mm. it just goes like, like with the water. Yeah, not going with the illusions, mm. seeing what the reality is. Yeah. yeah. And we also have Lena in the studio. Hi, Lena. Good morning. <laughs> And Lena also came at the 100 Years of Humanity uh, radio program. So Lina is a music therapist, and she's also been studying in India uh, classical music. Uh, where was that, Lena? 
Yes, so I um, also went to the academy, the music academy that Shumarati started when it moved to Vaitana near Mumbai. Um, so having always had a passion for music and when I started meditating, uh, my passion for Indian music grew very rapidly. So it was always my desire to, to go there and study singing. Singing has always been my my passion. I'm not a trained musician as, as our other two esteemed guests, but... Um, I definitely have the passion of music, um, and I was very fortunate to uh, meet a fantastic vocal teacher, Dr. Arunapte, uh, who is also no longer with us, um, and he really inspired me tremendously in terms of what music can do to support meditation and going, going deeper within ourselves, and really feeling that joy that is the spirit. Um, and he was uh, very, very interested in the different uh, raga scales, the resonances, the om, all the old sacred um, sounds and mantras that have been there for thousands of years. And so he um, introduced me to some of that, which I found extremely interesting also. Uh, and he actually inspired me to study music therapy. So I trained as a music therapist and um, uh, work with children on the autism spectrum helping them with their engagement and their well-being and their communication skills through music. So using music not as a means to a musical end, but as a means to well-being on so many different levels. Um, and more recently, I have um, started a PhD researching the effects of uh, singing uh, and how that can support meditation. And this is really based on the work that my music teacher uh, started and inspired me so much with. And I'm, I'm, I want to carry on that, that uh, asking those questions that he was asking at the time. Mm. And Lina is very humble because she, she's not only a great singer, she's also playing harmonium, guitar, piano. Like I don't, I don't know any instrument she doesn't play. So um, she's, she's definitely a very great, accomplished musician. And those children are very, very lucky to have you, Lina. And um, um, Lina, I know that music or sounds can have an effect on the chakras and different sounds have different have effect on different chakras. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? We're going to go through the home a little bit later on with you, but just uh, for each chakra. Yes, so there's there's been a lot written over the years about, you know, this sound is for this chakra and this one is for that and so on. Uh, and if we think of our voice, um, we all have a different pitch. So for me, my, my sa or my tonic, my, the note that I use, and this is unique in Indian music, is that every instrument, every vocalist uh, has their own range, which is very, it's very humanistic, it's very um, friendly, is that we don't all have to play a certain thing in a certain pitch that might be not so comfortable for us. So Indian music is very, very attuned to the, to the individual, which is beautiful. Um, and my teacher did a lot of thinking about that. Um, so if you read a book about, you know, the seven chakras, which I'm sure listeners have heard of before, uh, they talk about, you know, the first note being C, the next note being D. So it's, very, it's a very Western interpretation of the Eastern concepts, which are far more subtle and intricate. Um, so we all have our own sort of range that we resonate in. And finding that I think you know could take lifetimes um, I can't say I'm, I'm there yet mm -hmm. and also as we age our, our voice changes so uh, that's something to keep in mind but um, 
It's extremely interesting, the Orm. I'm going to um, invite the listeners to sing the Orm uh, with us later. Um, it's very interesting to observe where they resonate, the various sounds in the Orm, where they resonate. And if you think about the sort of Vedic philosophy that the first thing that came into creation in the universe was sound, was a, was a vibration, a resonance. And the first sounds were vowel sounds, I imagine, because Orm is all vowel sounds. Um, and... So um, they resonate in different parts of the body, which is something I'm investigating in my research. Uh, and we'll explore that a bit later. So I'd like the listeners to have a more personal experience of that rather than me mm. talking about it. And, and when we say the, the sound home, we definitely feel it inside. Like as a meditator, I know it really puts me in balance in the center and it really helps to meditate. So for me, it's so obvious that sound has an effect on our subtle system. And the notes of do, re, mi, fa, sol, or in, in uh, Indian tradition, sa, re, ga, ma, pa, they all s- sounds for each chakra. So um, that's, that's something we'll, we'll discover a little bit later on the program. And um, Lina, I know you meditate every day, like, we've, like for many years, over 30 years, I think. So um, can you tell us a little bit more of your experience of the Kundalini or what, what does the Kundalini mean to you? Well, it's it's almost a thing that is too hard to really <laughs> fathom, but it is a, a primordial life force. The Kundalini is a mothering energy. It's like it's like an internal mother that we all have with us that nurtures us no matter what happens. As you say, it's indestructible. It's very beautiful what you said, um, and it nurtures every part of our being if if we just allow it to. Um, and um, I guess practicing meditation every day, we're nurturing that, that kundalini and it's sort of like how Shimadaji once described it. It's um, instead of um, us running on a, on a little car battery uh, and plugging into that to get the, all the energy we need for our, our life, you know, our mental, emotional, spiritual energy, all that energy that we need. Sometimes one part of that energy is drained, so we draw on our spiritual sort of energy to get through the day. Uh, but if we can plug into the main power station and get that real, real energy, for me, that's that's what I find happens when I meditate. I just, I'm quite astounded at how much energy mm. I actually get from that. Um, even my colleagues say, you know, you're always full of energy. You know, you never run out of energy. I mean, although I do sometimes, but uh, it's quite amazing. It's like tapping into the main source, really. Mm. And there's a primordial kundalini that surrounds everything. And we all have a piece of her inside of inside us. So very soon we are going to awaken that energy through Lina's singing. But before that, Lina is going to play a sloka. I sing Asmira as well, isn't it, both of you? Uh, going to play a Sri Ganesha sloka. So that's that's again in relation to the Om, to the to the primordial um, uh, chakra, the base of our spine, the Muladhara chakra, and which is a chakra of innocence and purity within us. Yes, so this uh, little sloka, sloka means essentially a poem. It's in Sanskrit. It's a very ancient text. And this one is often used to remove obstacles, to ask um, um, the, the Mother Earth and the energies to, to, um, to protect us and remove all the obstacles. So we, we thought we'd like to start with that.
Vakratunda Mahakaya Surya Koti Sama Prabha Nirvignam Kurume
Thank you, Ritam. It was uh, extremely beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure you can all f relate to that music and feel how it puts you straight into meditation, even before we get our self-realization. It's already there. Um, I feel it is. <laughs> so now Lina is going to take us through a guided meditation in music. So while she's getting ready, um, if you could please pause what you're currently doing just to um, enjoy it fully 
Um, you can, if you want, you can remove your shoes just to be a bit more comfortable and connected to the Mother Earth. And you can sit down comfortably. You could be sitting uh, cross-legged on the floor or on a chair, wherever it's comfortable. And put your attention inside yourself and just relax while we're listening to Lena. I'm still very moved by that beautiful piece, which um, Durga is for the heart, right? Yes. Uh, and me feeling a little bit nervous at the start. I feel so much better now. So thank you so much. <laughs> that was beautiful. It's hard act to follow. But we're going to um, invite you to join um, in some singing because um, singing really helps us focus on our, our, our physical, mental, emotional um, Sensations and, and it brings our attention inwards into, yeah, so we can really sense ourselves. And so we're going to sing some affirmations today. There's been various research done on affirmations and how they have positive effects for people who are stressed in, in various ways. Um, so we're going to do some self-affirming um, um, affirmations together. So I will uh, guide you through. It's going to be with a little melody that gets repeated. So you'll pick it up really quickly. Um, so, as Caroline said, if you'd like to sit yourself very comfortably, um, wherever you are, on the floor, on the chair, on a couch, wherever you're comfortable, and we're going to start by bringing our attention to the lower part of the stomach. Um, so I'll ask you to put your left hand on your, on your lap with the palm facing upwards, and our right hand we're going to place on various parts of our le on the left hand side of our body so that we can bring our attention to this this place um, so we're going to start by placing our right hand on the left hip area or lower part of the stomach on the left hand side and here we're going to sing I am true knowledge this is what we desire the true knowledge about ourselves so we're going to sing that three times so please join in with me uh, when, when you feel you know the melody, but it's very simple and it goes like this. I am true knowledge. I am true knowledge. I am true knowledge. Let's repeat that. your hand on the upper part of the stomach on the left hand side of your stomach here we are going to affirm our self-mastery so we're going to simply sing I am my own master so please join me 
moment right now, not the past or the future, here with our pure awareness in this moment. So let's sing I Am Pure Awareness together three times. I am pure. place your hand, your right hand, on the left hand side of your neck, in the corner of your neck. Here we're going to affirm that we are worthy and that we are happy with ourselves. So we're going to sing, I am worthy, two times, and then I am happy with myself.
our attention to the front of our head, to our forehead. And here, you can use your right hand to rest your head in your hand. So place your, your palm in the front of your head. And here we are going to affirm compassion, compassion for ourselves and for others. So we're going to sing twice, I forgive everyone, and one time I forgive myself. fontanelle bone area where we had a soft bone when we were babies so please place your right hand on top of the head you can press it down a little bit massage your scalp if you wish and here we're going to sing in the same manner I am pure silence upwards. Just try to keep your attention at the top of your head or just a little bit above your head. And we're going to sing a song for you. Mm -hmm. 
You're listening to the Sahaja Yoga Meditation Program. It's hard to speak after that. Definitely felt uh, the affirmation in music were working just amazingly as well as as a meditation guided meditation itself. So when we get our self-realization like we just did, often we can feel a cool breeze on the top of our head or in the palm of our hands or both. So I would like to invite you to try. So if you put both of your hands on your lap with the palm facing upward and see if you can feel a gentle cool breeze in your hands. Sometimes this cool breeze can be warm. I know it sounds funny. But when when the Kundalini rises for the first time, she can encounter some obstacle in our chakras. And while she's pushing them away, this creates a bit of friction and a bit of heat. But I'm sure by the end of this program, uh, in a few days, it will become cool. And we're going to try also on the top of our head. So just create a little scoop with your right hand in front of your sacrum at the base of your spine. And raise your hand slowly along the spine to the top of your head. This is helping your Kundalini to rise as well. And when you get to the top of your head, just give a gentle pressure there and rotate the scalp in the circular motion. And then keep on going your journey above your head, about 10 centimeters above. And just see if you can feel a gentle cool breeze or maybe a gentle warm breeze on the top of your head. You can move your hand a little bit on the front or the back, on the sides, as the Kundalini can manifest in different areas. And then we can swap hands and try with your other hand. So scoop, raise your hand. Give a gentle pressure on the top of the head. And then 10 centimeters above. The reason why we try both hands is sometimes if our left channel is clearer, we feel the vibration easier on our left hand and vice versa with our right channel. So it's always good to try both hands. So if you still have a little bit of time, that would be great to just stay in meditation just for a few more minutes. As uh, Asmira is going to play a piece of solo violin, it's um, a back sonata.
listening to the Sahaja Yoga Meditation Program. Thank you, Asmira. So we am, I'm currently in the studio in Katumba with Ritum, Asmira and Lina. And um, I'm going to play a few extracts of a talk from Shimadeji Nyamala Devi, the founder of Sahaja Yoga. But before that, I was inspired by Asmira. I wanted to ask her. Um, Asmira, I know you've played many times for Shimadeji. Is there one story you like to recall, um, a special moment or... I'm sure um, there's many. <laughs> gosh, there's many. Um, one in particular, uh, which is very personal, um, um, I was playing also unaccompanied solo Bach because it's difficult to find a venue with a piano in it and in the way that Western classical music is often done, uh, solo repertoire. <clears throat> But um, this particular occasion... Um, was in Canberra many years ago in the 90s actually and um, this chacon of the um, D minor partita um, is one of these um, sort of repeating pattern themed type pieces and so it opens and unfolds gradually on the same recurring theme and it just goes into these just amazing other worlds as it unfolds and um It just was uh, one of those experiences that is the only time it's happened in my life where I went into this meditation that was beyond the body. I can't really explain it, but um, it was as if there was no difference physically between myself, my instrument, people listening, Shumadaji. It was like we were all just formless energy and... Um, It just went on like that, as if I wasn't playing. I didn't feel like I was playing my instrument. It was completely, I don't want to say an outer body experience because it was fully in my body, just my, we were all one. And the this, this sound was sort of the only thing that existed. So, Just listening to you, I feel my Kundalini <laughs> very strong on top of my, my tingling on my body. So um, this year is a commemoration of Shimataji's 100 years and there's lots of events happening around Australia and around the world to celebrate. So if you want to find out more, please go to freemeditation.com.au slash 100 years and there's lots of things there. So as I said before, we are going to now listen to two extracts of a talk from Shimataji. Um, Shimataji gave those talks about music and how they clear our chakras. Uh, these two talks are quite old recordings, so I apologize for the quality, but the information given by Shumadaji is, is quite uh, substantial, so I thought that would be relevant to play them. So apologies, and uh, please pay attention and try to remove any noise around you. Um, in the second lecture, Shumadaji talks about the effect of Indian classical music on the chakras, and on the first lecture, uh, which was given in 1977 in a body in India, Somebody asked Shimataji, how does music work on the chakras? And here is her answer. See, all these five elements are very important in our body and they are the body of the chakras also, as I have told you. So what happens that uh, when uh, you sing the music, the vibrations can uh, go through the musical sound and can excite certain chakras. You see, for example, 
for the Ridha Chakra it is very good or uh, also for the Vishuddhi Chakra it is very good. Not for all the chakras, but certain chakras it does. But supposing you say a mantra plus the sound, the beautiful music and the realized soul, then it is very effective. See? For example, Ganesha, you can excite him with a beautiful uh, sloka. If you are a realized soul and if your Ganesha is correct, you can excite the Ganesha of another person very easily. I mean, such a person can do it. So music, sound, all these things have an effect and <coughs> we are now using that method very extensively that supposing now we go in a mass uh, meditation and many people are there and some chakra is caught, say Vishuddhi is caught. I can correct the Vishuddhi by just putting my finger on this like this because this has the sound, this is the chakras, uh, there is a micro sound which is carrying the vibrations you see. Actually the part of the vibrations is the micro sound also micro light, micro sound and you can say all the five elements are micro there. So when I put my finger the micro sound can carry the rest of them and the person can be corrected. We can do it, especially we should be. Very easy to correct we should be on that. You can correct most of the things but certain things are very easily corrected. We should be which is responsible for the <coughs> sound, made from the sound uh, element. As we have seen that water element is very good for treating people for the lower uh, lower uh, chakras uh, uh, because up to the heart chakra because the uh, water and salt can help you for the navi chakra and because salt um, uh, is the earth element and uh, <coughs> what you call it is the essence of the ocean and essence of the ocean is in the bhavasagara so we can use salt water for clearing the lower chakras we can use light for the eyes because it is this is made out of the prakash, the light, light element like that. You see, uh, different things can be done with these different elements. If you use them, you can make all the dirt or all the uh, obstructions which are collected in your uh, particular chakra by putting them back into the same element and cleansing them out so the the element takes it away. For Mother Earth also, she has so many elements in her that she can take away so many of your problems which are troubling you in your being uh, because of some imbalance of the Mother Earth element. You see, this is all due to the uh, imbalance of these elements in you accumulated more beyond than what you want. That's why I say the extreme of it. <coughs> Uh, through Sri Ganesh and uh, Sri Ganesh is, is the form of a, you can say the purified uh, principle of the earth element and uh, it's the same, I mean uh, you can say in a flute you have two uh, notes, the first and the last are the same, in the same way in a human being, the seven notes, the first one is a Ganesha and the last one is also a Ganesha. So these seven notes are the same. And these seven notes make the uh, uh, earth element and I mean the are not completely earth element but started with earth element purified when it loses its earth element problems completely. It is Parabrahma, I mean it's, it becomes all Brahma. Because earth element uh, 
is outside is the earth element but inside is dhara is dhara is dharana is the is the power to sustain is the power to sustain and that power is the purest form of earth principle <coughs> so you see that you become later on gradually the whole earth element drops down and you become that so it is the dharana shakti as they call the power of sustainer is the ganesha so like that in every chakra you have a very subtle and subtle most point and that subtle most point is the note that the divine is playing at that point because every note it has a different frequency a different uh, intonation you can call a different sound which which helps in the melody of the universe so like that we have seven chakras and the seven notes and there are different notes but these notes can create permutations and combinations and that is how a chakra gets into a swara and then it becomes a you can say a sound and from sound it becomes a word and from word it becomes a language and like that it goes on and the same subtle form starts becoming something else for example if i have love for my children what how i express it i make a house for them i make a place to live for them i make i cook food for them i make a bed for them you see is a gross expression of that subtle love i have in the same way whatever is subtle within us is expressed outside by with the help of the elements that are outside to express the subtle through our gross behavior or gross um material things also we do so it's the same subtle which is expressing outside but then we become so gross later on that we forget the inner part of it for a you see for a mother may create something all these things and then she become so possessive of her children she think i've done so much for my children that she wouldn't even think for what why she has made it she forgets the love part of it and she becomes nothing but the gross she starts scolding the children for even breaking for a small thing here and there you see she does this for love and then she forgets it that's what is an extreme behavior extreme behavior means from the subtle you get to the gross and the gross and the grosser once you become grosser you are dead now i have to tell one more thing wow indian music is so much connected with the kundalini awakening which perhaps i have never talked to you about is that when the kundalini rises she passes through various centers and subplexuses and when she is rising she makes the sound all together is om but when you try to refract all these different into different sounds it becomes from the first chakra if you start sa re ga ma pa dha ni at the sastrara it is ni so there are seven chakras it makes the sound now when the kundalini rises she has to pass through all these subplexuses now as you know there is uh the first center has got four subplexuses so the tala is built on four then you have six plexuses we have a tala on six then there is it passes through the 10 so we have a tala in 10 then there is passes through 12 so we have a tala of 12 last of all is shri krishna shri krishna's place where it has got 16 subplexuses so it passes through 16 subplexuses so you can imagine how it works out at the time of 
uh, Agya Chakra, as you know, it's only the two matras are there. So one has to play only on two matras, where you reduce everything to two matras. So far, I don't think Indian music has reached uh, that stage where it just plays with two matras. It will be very difficult. Uh, but in the south, I think they play sometimes with three matras. It's something surprising, which is the triguna, what we call the three matras. So that from four it becomes two, and then in the Sastra rite is three, but at the end of it is thousand petals. And when, <laughs> when all these start dancing, the thousand petals start dancing with the permutations and combinations of all these subplexes. So it is so woven into the classical music, the whole awakening of the Kundalini, of which perhaps the modern artist may not be aware of, but it is said Everyone knows that Indian music is based on the first sound, that is Om, the Omkara. So this is how all these talas are based, and that's why you are so overjoyed. Though maybe you may not have understood the classical intricacies of the whole thing, but the whole thing was so spontaneous and elevating your Kundalini so well that it gave you the joy. Ultimately, after all, what you have to have, the joy, and not the intellectual uh, analysis of it. So the whole thing, the sum total of it, was tremendous joy, and we have to thank all of them for that. May God bless you. matras you know of Krishna's is divided into two, you see, two halves. First half is the right side and the second half is the left side. So at the left side, when it goes called Kal, means a lower position, a lower beat or a say, a milder beat. So from the Shukla Paksha to the Krishna Paksha as you call it, or you can call it from the right to the left and he goes uh, playing on the left side there. So this is the two sides of the uh, Vishuddhi Chakra very well expressed. And applaud the ektala of twelve matras. We have ektala of twelve matras. And that is, you know, is of the Shiva. Shiva has got twelve suplexes. And that's how it is the twelve matras, and it's very ektala is a very solid thing like din, din. And sometimes they play it so slowly that between the two there's a big gap. And that's how Shiva's work is. So it's all very, very symbolic. Gradually you will evolve into it and you will see to it how Indian music is built around the basic primordial music. May God bless you. Mm-hmm.
Thank you, Rita. Thank you. <laughs> if we have any doubt that music can put us in a state of thoughtless awareness, <laughs> this is a proof. Um, a state of thoughtless awareness is a state where we stop thinking instead of meditation. And, um, and just listening to this divine music just put us right there. So now Lina is going to take us through the, a, a little workshop, a little uh, home workshop where we can um, master this sound. And um, I'm really encouraging all our listeners to try and to see by yourself how it really works on your, on your own subtle system and how it's going to put you in meditation. So uh, the OM is a fascinating subject that I didn't fully understand until I started really singing the OM a lot every day. Um, and um, the amazing thing about the OM, just like the Kundalini, that primordial energy that we talked about before, just as it travels upwards along our spinal cord, passing through various centers of our body and ultimately reaches the top of the head, um, in the same way the sound of the OM travels in an upwards direction. So I'd like us all to explore this together today. So um, essentially, the OM is um, vowel sounds right until the M. It, it actually consists of three sounds, the akar or the ah sound. So this is a sound we make with our mouth fully open. Then the ukar, which is um, made with our lips more pointed. And then the makar or the m sound, the final sound, which is made just when we close our lips very, very gently together. So I would like you to join me in singing these three sounds. We're just going to sing it to, uh, to one tone. Um, we'll continue with the lovely tones that Ritam established for us earlier. And um, we are going to start with the first sound. So I'd like you to um, sit comfortably and take in some deep breaths just to start. Just breathing in deeply in through the nose, breathing in and exhaling through the mouth. And how we're going to get lots of resonance in our voice is by um, breathing deep into our stomach so that our diaphragm moves downwards. It's, I know it's a little bit technical. Diaphragm, diaphragm moves downwards. We, we're not breathing up into our shoulders. Our shoulders are nice and relaxed. And we're breathing into our stomach and our stomach might even extend outwards so we can get a really deep breath. So try and get a really deep breath a few times. So breathing in and out, but keeping your body relaxed. So we're going to start by singing the first sound, ah. So we're going to open our mouth as wide as we can without straining your jaw. Just be really relaxed. We're going to take a breath in and then sing ah in one long out breath. Breathing in. you should be able to feel the resonance of that sound that your voice is making in your, in your um, upper part of your stomach and in, in the deeper part of your chest, so low down sort of in your stomach. So try and feel that again. Breathing in. Ah. 
time. So let's move to the second sound, the oo sound. So here we point our lips slightly and you can feel this sound in your throat and in your mouth area. So we're a bit further up along, um, up, up in our bodies. So breathing in, we'll sing oo three times. last sound is the mmm sound so it's literally just a gentle humming you want to just close your lips so gently that it all their lips almost tickle you don't want to have any tension in your face um, so when you sing mmm this sound actually resonates in the upper part of your skull and actually on top of the head so I'd like to invite you to just put your hand on top of the head and just feel that you can feel that resonance of the mmm and let's try and sing that. And again. that vibration at the top of your head so now you can if you want to be more comfortable just put your hand back on your lap and just we'll sing mm, one more time with our attention at the top of the head mm. so these are the three sounds of the om let's join them together in one breath now so we'll sing ah ooh, mm, in one breath so we'll spend an equal amount of time on each of the three sounds making a nice smooth transition between each sound so taking a deep breath in again invite you to just feel the resonance where that sound is traveling in your body from the the stomach chest throat head and up to the top of the head we'll sing that again and one last time
So we can actually activate our Kundalini using our own sound in this way, simply by singing these three sounds of the Om. So we'll, we'll continue on with um, a sloka, which is for, it's a, again a poem, which is supposed to support your meditation as well. So uh, please stay in a meditata- meditative state and we shall provide some music for that. We'll just set ourselves up for that. Just bear with us for a second. So the name of that sloka is Salva Mangala Mangalie. And um, let's give a little bit of time. Sorry, I took um, Lena by surprise. <laughs> it's fine. Because I, I just love that sloka. And we haven't recorded it yet, so I just wanted her to play it and just put her on the spot. Thank you. Thank you. Please enjoy your meditation.
Thank you, Lina. Thank you, Asmira. Thank you, Ritam. What a treat. So that was a beautiful sloka called Salva Mangala Mangalie in salutation and invocation of the goddess Narayani. And unfortunately, it's now a time to say goodbye. We are going to listen to Ritam a little bit more, so don't, don't uh, stop listening yet. Um, I think I could have kept going <laughs> for the full day, but we, unfortunately we have to stop. I uh, really hope you've enjoyed the programs today. And again, thank you so much, Ritam, Asmira and Lina. Especially Ritam, our special guest. I mean, Lina and Asmira, I see them almost uh, every week. <laughs> but Ritam, is really incredible to meet you and to have you here today. Um, to learn more about Sahaja Yoga Meditation, you can go to freemeditation.com.au. It's freemeditation.com.au. And on this website, you can find lots of tools and techniques to help you deepen your meditation. And the list of our free programs at different venues around Australia and even around the world. We also have lots of programs online, some podcasts, some webcasts. So just join along and, and find what works for you. Um, if you want to learn more about uh, Shumataji's 100 years, you can go to freemeditation.com.au slash 100 years. And there will be the recording of that program as well there. So if you want to listen to it again. And I've got an email address as well. If you have any feedbacks or if you want to ask questions or have comments uh, or suggestions for improvement, please let me know on radio at freemeditation.com.au. So you can email me 
at radio at freemeditation.com.au. So thank you for your amazing contribution to uh, my three friends here. And there's two other people in, in the room today. There's Andrew and Rudolf. And I wanted to say happy birthday to Rudolf. Rudolf is my, uh, my rock, my dear husband, always loving, supporting, always there for me. Um, no judgment, just, uh, just pure love. So happy birthday and thank you for here so for being here today. <laughs> Usually he plays badminton at this time. <laughs> He's sacrificing. So um so bye for now. Thank you everybody for listening and I'm going to leave you with uh, Rhythm's beautiful music. So I'm concluding uh, with the raga from the Sahasrara chakra that is Darbari Kanada. <laughs> 